Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's show was produced on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri in Canberra and on Wurundjeri country for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Talking from COP27 in Egypt, Ricky Danks. Ricky is a Karenjini Gunjanji woman from the Barclay Tablelands in the Northern Territory who's campaigned against fracking on her country in the Beetaloo Basin. She wants loss and damage payments to First Nations people who are impacted by poor resource extraction decisions that impact First Nation communities, such as the MacArthur River zinc and lead mine near Borolula in the Northern Territory, and fracking. She recommends giving land management back to First Nations people as an effective and inexpensive method of managing country. My name is Ricky Dank, but my country and my family know me as Ladin Orlima. I'm a Gurangi in Wakaipan. I'm a Gurangi traditional owner in Nimarinki, and I am from the Barclay Tablelands, but more... We're from Gurunjini. Um So Gurunjini, um the um, non-Indigenous people call it Paradise Pools. You're at COP27. It's just finished, is that right? Yes, that's right. What are your impressions of this event? COP, I don't think people are like, because a few times people have gone, oh, you know, it's in Egypt this time, you're going to have a good time, you know, almost like a holiday. I don't think people realise how, uh, how um, it's, COP is amazing, but it's strange and it's very, very stressful. It's like, um, it's like a, you know, the, the boat, boat shows, like imagine a big boat show, but with all these different countries and they're just, you know, showing off what they are, what they're doing and all that kind of thing. So it's, it's really stressful. There's a lot of people all the time. You hit the ground running from the day you register. It's, it's go, 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 go until it finishes. But it's it's very stressful. I like going because it allows me to connect with other, uh, you know, First Nations peoples. And I, I guess the reason why I I go, I I went last year. I had an opportunity last year to go and to to share my story. And so every time I've had that opportunity, I've had access then to more and more people to share our story about what's happening on our country. Let's just get straight to your message for Australians. Could you tell us more about your country and what would you be saying to mums, dads, everybody, politicians yep. in Canberra, places around this continent? In terms of with like my my country, I'll, I'll just describe it a little bit. It, we're very lucky where I come from. We have an abundance of water. We are spoiled for choice in terms of food. We have you know fresh crayfish, turtles, and and brim and turkeys. So we we absolutely have been spoilt in terms of where I've grown up and I've had this really amazing, really beautiful childhood growing up on country with my grandmothers, my mum, dad, my aunties and uncles and cousins looking for sugar bag and, you know, we've we've learned how to make coolamans and things like that and visited and cared for our sacred sites and our song lines as well ever since I was a little girl. I've walked all over my country and I know it very, very well. So I guess for us, our message for the rest of Australia is for us, particularly on the Beetaloo and around Borolula, we've got MacArthur River Mine, 
So not only do we have fracking now on Good Energy Country, but we've got MacArthur River Mine. So the, the health impacts for us, our people, our, our community is going to suffer greatly if we are fracked. I'm not too sure if people um, are aware of the health implications that have come out of Turtle Island, so-called America, with communities that are fracked. They're seeing children dying of cancer. They're seeing people die of renal failure, liver disease, all kinds of skin conditions uh, in communities that are fracked. We are still suffering, you know, from diabetes and and rheumatic fever and rheumatic heart disease. So to add that pressure now on on our bodies already and then to add the pressure of seeing our country being destroyed further, it is, I don't, I can't describe it and I can't, I don't think you, you, you can it's it's just feels like the government is slowly eating away at our soul and they know it. And now, you know, I think people need to understand too what happens on my country, what happens on our country. We might be thousands and thousands of kilometres away, but now it's going to start to affect the rest of Australia. And we've seen that now with the increase of floodings and the severity of the floods the fires as well and the severity of the, the fires as well. So we are absolutely trying as hard as we can to fight this fight fracking on our country because it, we know what it means, not just to us, but then to the rest of Australia. We we take it very seriously in, in terms of caring for country because we know that what impacts our country will impact other people's country. So we take that very seriously and we're trying to do our part to you know, to fight against climate change. And we're doing it not just for Boralula, but for the broader Australian community as well. Just say thank you. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? We, is that we, we, we need Indigenous people around the world to act for everybody. And well, we all need to act, but Indigenous yeah. people who, who own or have uh, stewardship of land, are re- you're really in the hot seat, aren't you? Absolutely. And and when it comes to climate change, we're seeing First Nations communities hit hardest. You know, particularly with Boralula, it's getting hotter, the dry spells are getting longer. You know, we don't have access to proper housing where we can escape the heat. People don't have the money to pay for a power card to run their aircon. And so what we used to do, we used to be able to escape the heat by going out onto country. But if fracking occurs, they're going to be locking up country, and we're not going to be ha- not going to have access to, you know, escape the heat. Go bush, go visit our our swimming places, being able to access food to supplement our diets because it's so hard to access food from the shops because of the prices. So this is going to put a la- a huge strain on you know communities right across the Beetaloo. And have you been meeting people from other places around the world who are impacted like this? I've met a few people just in because you can't have really long conversations at COP because everyone's running around. But you know, people from Turtle Island whose countries are being fracked. Also, I've I've had the opportunity to meet you know and seeing them and hearing their stories is it's absolutely devastating because we can we sit down and we cry together. And to come across that, to share each other's pain, in one way it's very, it's, it's, 
it's soothing, but at the same time, it's heartbreaking because it's happening to them. So I know what is happening to them is going to happen to us. Did you join Indigenous forums? For us at the moment, I absolutely want to get into trying to help the Indigenous peoples in the COP arena. And, you know, you kind of pick a subject area and the subject area that I'm, I'm interested is in loss and damage. And I guess what people normally and traditionally talk about loss and damage, they're in the rounds of developing nations and the developed nations, you know, making sure that they help out, you know, financially or whether that be providing aid, it, it could mean a whole lot of different things. But what we're not talking about is uh, loss and damage for First Nations peoples in the country because, you know, like I said, it's getting hotter. The dry spells are getting longer, so droughts are becoming more extreme. So it, there's going to be a time when First Nations people aren't going to be able to live on their country because it's too dry and it's too hot. And in our case, we're not going to be able to live on our country because the water is poison and we can't drink it. It's either that we we either move or we stay there. And I don't the government has got no no plan for what's going to happen. They just think that they're just burying their heads in the in the in the ground when it comes to to the whole fracking process and the poisoning of water and environment. So that's what I want to start to bring to COP is that conversation around loss and damage, but for developed nations, for First Nations people. And also a lot of people talk about nature-based solutions, but what we're not talking about in nature-based solutions, and there's one really, really simple solution, is, is land back. And I mean, when I mean by land back, I mean handing land back to First Nations people to manage. And I've said this before, you know, we've been, you know, Indigenous Australians have been on country for over 65,000 years. You know, what better track record do, do you need to, you know, properly, properly demonstrate that we, we, we can do this and we can do it really well? In fact, we're one of the best at it in the world. So that's... That's the other conversation too that I want to bring to the table for future cops is, is um, you know, that's a nature-based solution. It's a really simple one. It doesn't cost anything. It doesn't mean too that we have to invest huge amounts of time and money into research. It's, it's very simple. Did you meet other people who had the same idea in their country? Yeah, I think uh, I think a lot of First Nations people were we're always talking about land back, you know. But I think a lot of non-Indigenous people I think see that as a scary thing and are scared. And I know I think back in the uh, the eighties, I think or seventies, there was that scare campaign about you know that you know we're coming to take your backyards, and it's absolutely not about that at all. It's it's about sharing information. It's making sure that not only we um, are here for another 65,000 years, but we want you to come along too. We want, you know, you guys with us for that next 65,000 years. Well, I'll tell you, much as I love the elders from my family, their (laughs) point of view has certainly failed me as an immigrant to this country at four years old. My parents have not been able to leave me on a very good ecological adventure or mm-hmm. inform me about the people who lived here when we first arrived. We knew nothing about 
Aboriginal people or I was never told anything. I'm so glad that now I'm catching up and I'm very glad too that I went to once to Borolula where I went into the supermarket. Nobody was speaking English and there was kangaroo <laughs> tails wrapped in tinfoil in the uh, in the freezer section with a little boy hassling his mum to buy some. And I looked, yeah. I looked up at that moment and I realised that I was living in a country that I knew nothing about. <laughs> and it was, it was an amazing experience. That Oralula supermarket blew my mind and decolonised it just a little bit, thank goodness. <laughs> Your threads are really interesting. What other things do you want to talk about, Ricky? I think for me too, I think what's really important for not just us to heal, but for others as well, is that, you know, Gunner, the Gunner government and his pre-election promise was that they weren't going to frack the NT. And then as soon right. as they yeah. were voted in, they did a complete 180 and they opened up the NT and we were flooded with, you know, Santos and, and the likes. I want Gunner and his his government to be held accountable. Now, what that looks like, I'm not too sure, but we need to be holding these people accountable. You know, this is this 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 is vandalism. This is more than vandalism. This is ecocide. What what they're doing, and they know what they're doing. They we they we've had the pepper report. We've seen the dangers already. And yet we are going full help in into fracking production. Even now they they're going into production next year in test wells. So we need to be starting to hold politicians accountable. You know, even with I'm not too sure if people remember what Peter Garrett did to Borulula. Also, you know, he allowed and changed a law to allow Macarthur River Mine to go open cut. And then a week later changed it back. And yet now he's back into the music business, making money off black sorrow, you know. So it really annoys me and, and aggravates me that we see these people getting away with these things time and time again, and they're not being held accountable. Ghana now has gone and worked with, is starting to work now with Twiggy Forrest and his little an attempt to to greenwash his future to make him look, you know, I suppose like he's a better person than what he he was. Maybe I'm not too sure what he's trying to do, but he's trying to greenwash his future. I want these people to be held accountable so that in the future, people aren't going to be so quick to sell people out for money. And that's what we see what the gov- the Gunner government's done. That's what Peter Garrett's done is that we've been sold out for money and people and health, the health of people and the mental well-being of people should come before money. And this is part of the, a big problem that we are seeing is that there's a whole lot of corruption and people will do a lot of things to be able to get their hands on, on money. Ricky Danks talking from COP27 in Egypt. The MacArthur River mine that she talks about is about 750 kilometres southeast of Darwin. It's been dogged by environmental incidents and alleged damage to cultural sites over the past four decades. This is Earth Matters, bringing you news of the changing environment and the resulting hits to social justice. 
Let's hear again from Ricky Danks. We did a show about fracking in the Northern Territory probably a couple of years ago now, and somebody said, we're all very tight in the Northern Territory. We will be able to push fracking out. And I was thinking, how? It's such huge areas, and, and there's such a gap between the companies have all the money and the lawyers and the promotion, and Indigenous people don't have access to that. It's so unfair. Yeah. What can we do to help from the East Coast? Yeah, you know, um, we're still trying to get meetings with Chris Bowen. We're still trying to get meetings with the Environmental Minister. We're, we're still, and, and that's the thing, despite what the government is doing, we're still willing to reach out and work with them to, you know, see how we can make them understand that this is not, one, it's not a viable thing. It doesn't make financial sense to do this. It doesn't make sense to do it to, you know, uh, anyway, you know, fracking is not only destructive on people's health, but the environment. And, you know, we've seen an increase in earthquakes in Turtle Island. So we're going to see a whole lot of issues come up if this goes ahead. And it's just, it's simply not worth it. So I I guess if people, wherever they are, call the ministers, let them know that, you know, it's not right. Fracking is not the right thing to do, not just for the Beedaloo, but right across Australia. We we don't need fracking. You know, 70% of Australia's gas is exported overseas. So if they turn around and say to, to people, oh, well, we need gas because there's a gas shortage in, in Australia, it, that that's a lie. There We aren't in a gas shortage. Prices are uh, sky high for people at the moment as well. And again, it's the governments aren't reining these these companies in and not um, making sure that they are held accountable for what's happening to communities as well. I think we forget that we actually have a lot of power. People have a lot of power, and we need to make sure every so often that. The government needs to remember that it is a privilege to be working for the Australian people, to be representing the Australian people, and they need to start remembering that and respecting that. And that means also listening to us as well because that's why they are there. I suppose the other way is, you know, stop buying gas. Gas is very toxic I'm not too sure if people realise how toxic gas is. If you've got a gas stove and you're cooking, people with emphysema, asthma, they're more likely to have asthma attacks or difficulties breathing if you've got gas in your home. So it's toxic to people anyway. Yep, sure, it, it might work really well and cook your food faster or heat your home, but gas is toxic and we certainly don't need gas. Yeah, I'm reading here that Labor announced a massive 1.5 billion fossil fuel subsidy for a huge middle-arm petrochemical plant to use fracked gas from Beetaloo. Yeah, yeah, that what was just that yeah, one. Yeah, and th- that's and th- that's the really disappointing thing is that they're turning Darwin into some big industrial big industrial dumping ground. You know, Impex, I remember when I I was living there, but Impex was supposed to be the thing that saves Darwin, the thing that saves the territory. And they were talking about how great it was going to be for the economy. 
and yet it hasn't done anything. And one of the problems is, is that those companies employ um, fly in, fly out people. So none of the money actually goes back to to the territory. It's all siphoned out of the territory. So they keep telling us, oh, this next big project's going to save the territory, and then it doesn't. And then there's another big project that's going to save the territory, and it doesn't. We need to start realizing this as well, start remembering the history of, of places and, again, hold governments accountable. Hold governments accountable. They've externalized the cost of their project onto people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, it's the destruction of my my country is is funded by people, by all Australians. You know, they've they've you know, allowed for these subsidies. They've put taxpayers' money into it. You know, that that money could go back into schools, into public schools, into hospitals, better roads. It could be used for so many different things, but yet it's being used to destroy my family's country, you know, and other people's country as well. But also the flow-on effects to that is that defracking on the Beetaloo Basin will increase Australia's carbon emissions by 20%, by up to 20%. So what that means for our Pacific Island nations, our neighbours in the Pacific, this could also just be, you know, the straw that breaks the camel's back fracking on the Beetaloo Basin. This this could be so damaging to uh, the to you know Australia that this could just tip us over the edge. Yeah, it's pretty chilling, isn't it? Where we're at in in uh, the history of humans on this planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was there a feeling about that that you picked up at COP? Levels of alarm and and that sort of emotion of fear. Yeah, there is. I think there was particularly amongst the Pacific Island nations, particularly around First Nations people. But then there are also a lot of companies there, a lot of suits, a lot of governments, and you don't see the fear in in them, in in those companies or in the suits. I like to call them. Um, it's just another day for them. It's another way, another time, or you know, and place that they can try to impress people or greenwash the situation that they're in. Um, but absolutely at COP there is there's this growing fear and panic amongst the people who do care, you know, like CAN International, CANA, um, Bushfire Survivors for Climate Action were there as well and amongst other organisation-specific warriors um, were also there and Torres Strait Islander 8 claimants were there as well and... It, there is it is it is fear yes well fear can be very appropriate when things are scary and dangerous mm. and you're trained as a nurse aren't you so you've yep. shown your concern for humans for a long time now yeah i mean traditionally in my family we 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 look after medicines as well so it's just an, a natural i think progression on what I do because I also learn traditional medicine from from my family. Wow, you're such an interesting and amazing person. I'd just like to say thank you very much for talking with Earth Matters all the way from Cairo. Thanks for going, you know, for your time and energy you put into your campaigns. And I'd just like to say that Earth Matters stands beside you 
and any way that we can assist you in your campaigns, do let us know. Thank you very much. We we honestly do appreciate the, the time and the effort. And, you know, we do recognise that there are a lot of people that are standing with us and we we absolutely are grateful for people like yourselves. You know, we couldn't do this without without people like you. So to all, all the listeners out there who are fighting alongside us, we see you and we absolutely value you and thank you for your efforts in in fighting the good fight. No, I feel very moved because it is like this, you know, we are fighting a struggle together, aren't we? And it goes on and on. It's difficult. And there you are at the real pointy end of it with the suits trying to impress (laughs) people. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's the love of the community and it's, it's the, it's the love of, you know, the people that, and and country and non-human kin, this is why you do it. You see the value and the importance of all of that continuing. So that's why we do it. That was Karanjini Gundanji women, Rookie Danks. You've been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced in the studios of Radio 2XX Canberra on the lands of the Ngunnawal and Ngambri peoples. For Radio 3CR in Melbourne, in Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial support. And if you'd like to get in touch with Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio or follow us on Twitter at EarthMRadio. If you'd like to listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. That's all for today's show. Thanks so much for sharing this time with us. The Earth Matters team will be back next week with more environmental and social justice stories. And here's a frog chorus from the Australian Wildlife Sound Recording Group.